Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary and all my patron peeps. Uh, thanks for keeping the show going, patrons. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being the wind in my sails. Thanks for watering the garden. And let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, clocks, moving or ticking. So stuff you're thinking about is exterior stuff, uh, uh, situational things, feelings, sensations, whatever it is, I'd like to take your mind off of that. When I, like I said, I'm going to take a safe place, I'm going to pat it, I'm going to smooth it, I'm going to rub it down, I'll polish it, I'll, you know, smooth it. Did I say smooth it? I think I did. Uh, I'll say safe place, I'll do welcoming gestures, I'll, I'll walk backwards as I welcome you in. And I say, here you go, safe place to set aside whatever's keeping you awake. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones and pointless meanders. And those are both, if you're new, things that may take some adjustment. Uh, your first re- reaction is uh, might be, what are these creaky, creaky dulcet tones? Uh, or rusty meanders or pointless tangents. And I'd say, well, just give the show a few tries. That's what most people say. And you don't even have to give it a few tries. I'm just here to help. I'd like to help. Uh, you know, Go ahead and get comfortable. Don't try to make a whole lot of sense of it. If you're new, I'll, I'll right up front walk you through structurally what to expect. Uh, the show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's more important to regular listeners. That's how we keep the show going and free. Uh, then there's an intro. In the intro, we've just started. It's about 12 minutes of me rambling. Like, uh, it's a show within a show or an intro. It's an introduction to the podcast. It just takes 12 minutes. Uh, so it's really more of a part of It's a structurally part of the podcast. Uh, and really, it's like uh, like when you start a car in the winter, and you get it warmed up. I guess that really is uh, what it is. But, uh, you know, I got to go outside and do the thing where it makes a noise for a while. And then I say, Scoots, take a breath. Uh, luckily, I don't w- live in a winter zone anymore or have a car with a key. And they say, uh, okay, come on, come on. Good. This time, warm it up. And then it then it gives. Then I go inside and drink coffee. And they say, okay, now let me put the heater on. And go inside in the car, it's a double double positive. Like the inside of the car is getting warmed, but also the car is getting warmed. And if it was a talking car, it would say, hmm, warm me up, warm it up, Chris. And I'd say, I'm about to. Actually, your your name is Chris. Uh, my car, my car's not name is Chris. This imaginary car's name is Chris. Nice, you know, non-binary name for a vehicle. Uh, and I say, yeah, Chris, I'm warming it up. Uh, I'm not only about to, you're in the current thing of getting warmed up. Uh, so I'm going to go inside where it's warm and also drink coffee, which is also cold, ironically enough. Uh, I know it's strange, Chris, but I drink cold brew coffee in the winter and the summer, too. 
but I'm going to be inside. Oh, you want me to stay here while you warm up? No problem. Actually, strangest thing. Maybe this is a new podcast, a car warmer podcast for cars and things interesting to cars. Uh, oh, I'm not. Okay. But I make a sleep podcast. This is what I was doing, Chris. I was explaining to the new listeners of the sleep podcast I make that there's a long intro uh, they do here. Some listeners fall asleep during the intro. About 3% of listeners skip the intro. A lot of listeners use it as part of their wind down routine. Maybe they start it when they're brushing their teeth. Maybe they start it when they first get in bed, you know, cause no one's instantly asleep as they pull the covers up and, you know, settle into their positions, set their temperature, doing a balming, you know, Chris, this is the strangest thing, I, and, I, and I'm not sure if it's uh, inside my mind or like, you no, know, like the Phantom of the Opera, yeah. But no, no, not like that. Uh, I have to, I bomb the back of my neck in the winter. I don't know what it is. It dries out, uh, or it feels like it's dried out. You're right, Chris. But yeah, so I do, um, what was I talking about? Oh, sorry to, to talk to new listeners. It's tough. I've got my attention divided between an imaginary sentient vehicle named Chris uh, that's warming up uh, and talking about the intro for the podcast, which is more of a cool down or a neutral down. And actually to say that this bed, I'm declaring your bedroom a safe place now, a neutral ground. Because for me, bedtime can be this thing that kind of has some seriousness or some... Uh, you know, you see, oh, so that's really why I make the show and why the intro so long is, is, is to warm it up and cool it down at the same time. You got that, Chris? Uh, no, Chris, I just want you warmed up, uh, your engine and want your, uh, you know, your circulation to be good with the viscosity and to get it nice and toasty in here right around my toes. Oh, so nice. Uh, and you're really humming, but I know I can hear your engine still racing, so I give it some time. And you know, Chris, it's like the strangest thing, situational. I love the smell of your exhaust uh, in these cool days. Yeah, you have the freshest breath. Oh, yeah, you're right. I will go in and uh, rebrush my teeth. I did have about... Okay, but I mean... Oh, so that's what the intro is. A show within a show... Uh, where I misexplain what the podcast is while some people fall asleep and some people get ready to drift off. Uh, so that's the first part of the show. Then the second part of the show will be where I kind of talk about tonight. It'll be a doctor who, and it'll barely, it may vaguely resemble an episode of doctor who, uh, but it'll be a lulling recap of it. Uh, that really, you see, that you could sleep to, uh, or, if you can't sleep, I'll be there to keep you company. That's the other thing about the show. There's no pressure to listen, and there's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company. Or in this case, Chris, because I'm dividing my work, uh, I'll be in the car till you're warmed up uh, to a comfortable temperature, and I can hear your engine purring. Yeah, the podcast is a bit like a metaphorical purring. You're right. Chris, wow, you could have your own sleep podcast if you weren't a vehicle and you weren't imaginary and you weren't trying to, wasn't trying to warm you up for this. Uh, yeah, uh, you're right. Get back to the So, so that's the structure. So at the end is some thank yous between the intro and the story is, is some business. Again, keeping the show going. So that's structurally what to expect. And again, yeah, I'm here to keep you company as you drift off. Uh, 
the reason why I make the show, as I said earlier, is I've been there tossing and turning, wondering, you know, the stuff that goes on when you can't sleep that other people might not be able to relate to. I know what it's like. Uh, I know how it feels. And I really, truly believe you do deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, ideally free of the hassle and the rigmarole. But I know I don't really have a ton of power around that. What I do have the power to is to keep you company and uh, to, 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 to take your mind off stuff, to be your friend, your boar friend, your boar bud, your boar bra, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie. Uh, to kind of sit here at your bedside or across the room and to, to, to talk to you gently and, and, and kind of goof around a little bit. Uh, car's getting warm here. Chris is starting to purr. Uh, usually, Chris, this is when, it, like, even my intimacy issues creep up in vehicles. So I'll start. Uh, it really looks like I'm absentmindedly touching your buttons and things, but it's more like I'm trying to think of what to say uh, to break the silence within the vehicle, with the vehicle. Have I mentioned how nice your dashboard is? Let me just rub my hand across your dashboard, Chris. Uh, and actually, your dashboard's sun-warmed. I really like it. Uh, is this a, a, a pleather or vinyl? Those are the same thing. Really, it, it, it's, it's supple. Do you mind if I say that your dashboard is supple to the touch? Because it is. If my, It really is. Uh, I can because I'm, I'm I'm supple. Is is that a, can a supple be? A, is that a verb or an adverb or an adjective or a noun? Okay, I think Chris just sighed, which is probably a good sign that you're warmed up. But I was what I was going to ask is, could it be a verb? Am I suppling? Can I supple something? If it's supple, what am I doing? Appreciating it. You're right, Chris. So much. I, I don't know. Am I like I just imagine that there's a verb out there somewhere unused. Uh, what about suppulence? I know that's not a word, but Chris, if I could describe your dashboard and your whole thing, your whole je ne sais quoi. Yeah, you like that, huh? Yeah, you're 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 suppulent, suppulent, uh, not succulent. Uh, I just don't associate succulence with car. This your your this particular car, though it is feeling a little arid in here now that I've had the heat blasting. Uh, and we've reached peak temperature with my coat on and stuff, but I still got to go inside and, uh, you know, brush the old gums, as they say. Well, right now I'm flapping them. You're right, Chris. Totally caught me there. I believe not, Chris, so I'm in the middle of a, a podcast. I think you knew that. Uh, so maybe not one day I'll launch another podcast for cars. I mean, once they have self-driving cars with AI, they'll need it. Uh, so, yeah, I, Chris, do you mind if I make a, a jest and say maybe I'm future-proof? Yeah, you're well, I, I didn't mean to mispronounce future, but uh, I'm not Fuji-proof because, believe me, I, as soon as I hear that, I start dancing uh, when I hear the Fujis. You've played the Fujis before, Chris. Holy moly. Um. Okay, so yeah, get back to so um yeah, I'm here to keep you company. And you say maybe sometimes keeping a car's company is a business all on its own. It doesn't pay, huh, Chris? It pays in the power of the heart. Holy cow, are you a poet? No wonder you're so supple. Supple to the touch. Uh, here's the strange thing, Chris. I know I've done this before. 
in other cars, but I don't think I've laid my lips on your uh, your dashboard. That was one of my favorite country hits. I think I don't know. That was a crossover. I think it was Lucinda Williams uh, wrote that. Uh, uh, my lips uh, laying my lips on your dashboard. Uh, and it was a true, it was a straightforward, it wasn't a metaphorical tune. And I used to talk about like when I would bite on dashboards, which people may not believe, but it is not bite into them. We'll gently nibble on a dashboard. That was when I submitted lyrics. I said, what about, uh, what about this for a course? Gently nibbled on the dashboard. Uh, didn't, it was, they said, this is a fan club. Oh, I said, okay, well. Uh, lips on the dashboard. Okay, Chris. Chris has got it. Chris is Chris is fully warmed up now and ready to work. So I got to I close this out. But if you're new, I'm here to help. I'm here to keep you company. Take my, your mind off of stuff. <laughs> Which my mind was taken off of reality there. Holy mackerel! But that's my question: is uh, if you were along for the non-ride, the sitting in Chris. Uh, hopefully took your mind off whatever else could have been keeping you awake. Uh, and that's the idea for the show. Whether you're asleep or awake, I'm here to keep you company throughout the deep dark night. I work very hard and I stir, shurn and I, str- I yearn and I strive uh, uh, to keep you company and to help you fall asleep. But thank you so much for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, everybody, here we are on part two of uh, this two-parter, The Age of Steel. I forgot to look up the Age of Aquarius, but it, this is definitely not the Age of Aquarius, because steel and water, what is the steel sign? Uh, would, like, would an exoskeleton-based creature be steel sign? Uh, but it starts off with a recap, uh, then some writing I can't read at all. I think it says Tom... Let's see, let's see, this is the recap. Uh, Oh, maybe this is who wrote it. Uh, Let's see if I can pick that up during the opening. Uh, And then I put doctor uses question mark, because I wasn't sure if it was his, uh, his, uh, what is that, sonic screwdriver? Right, just when I was taking notes, I forgot what the sonic screwdriver was called, just like just now I did. Uh, But the robot, the cyber persons are saying delete, delete, delete. and let's see, yeah, here's the opening. I'm watching it live here. We'll see who wrote this episode. If it was Tom McRae, or maybe it's directed by Tom McRae, and not the beloved Russell uh, Davies, uh, David Tennant, uh, Billy Piper, Doctor Who, and uh, here we go, coming in. Age of Steel by Tom McRae. So it was correct. I just spelled it wrong. Uh, and I couldn't read it, but the doctor zaps all the Cybermen with a sonic screwdriver with some, but it was an orange super-powered thing. And then it's all honk, honk, honk. Uh, the van picks them up. Uh, everybody in. Uh, but uh, Rose and the, uh, um, uh, what's the dad's name? The, uh, the dad. Uh, oh, Pete, they don't want to go. So the doctor has to give them real talk. Uh he says, actually, that's not the Rose you know uh, to Rose. I mean, that's actually not the Jackie you know. And he says, you know, to the, it's probably, you know, lost cause. Uh, and the woman driving the van, she says, this is the slowest getaway I've ever done. Finished chatting already. 
My mom is still in there hiding. It's in there in the van. I also put red light to see at night. The van is red. Uh, oh, it's a revitalizing. Let's see. It wasn't the uh, sonic screwdriver. It was the heart of the TARDIS. Uh, is there a song, Heart of the TARDIS? Because if not, somebody, come on, do it. I didn't even realize how well Heart of the TARDIS. So, like, so you see how that rolls out of my mouth? Uh, but Ricky says, what was that thing? Doctor says, a little technology from home. Mickey says, what, what, what it was glowing before. It has run out. And the doctor says, no, it's in a revitalizing loop. It'll charge back up. And they say, what are we going to do? We, this is a boy band, guys. There, too, Jake. And again, I don't know a lot of Doctor Who lore, but I would feel like this is like a kickoff episode for Jake and Mickey uh, as a team, but I'm not exactly positive that happened. Uh, but they go back and forth. Pete starts getting blamed. They start the blame game. Miss M, uh, they say, you know, you uh, you don't want the Doctor as an enemy. When's that come up? 20.5. Let me look through. They basically say, hey, Pete, you're, like, uh, the worst. Uh, and Pete goes, you ever heard of Gemini, uh, the mole? That's me. And they say, oh, wow, you're actually kind of the leader of our movement. Yeah, Pete says, encrypted uh, wavelength is 6 to 5, 7 using binary 9. That was, like, undercover with Lumic. Uh, and now I'm with Scooby-Doo and the gang. Even got the van. And Mickey says, we're the preachers, man. We, uh, oh, no, Mickey says, the preachers know what they're doing. Ricky's the toughest person in London. And they say, really? And then he goes, well, for parking tickets, I got a lot of parking tickets. I fight the power of parking. And then the doctor says, I'm the doctor, by the way. Anyone interested? And Rose says, I'm Rose. Uh, he goes, that's the name of my dog. Uh, your catering staff. Uh, oh, this is my, uh, oh, Rose goes, I knew you were a good guy. And uh, they say, what is the Lumic up to with these cyber people? Earpods. Uh, let's look at these earpods. Doctor starts messing with the earpods. Uh, okay, that's that page. Let's see what else. Park anywhere. Oh, doctor finds uh, oh, he finds a super riveting or something interesting talking to Mickey. Also, did I say they have camouflage sheets? Uh, that's what I wrote at WTF. Oh, this is when the doctor d identifies them as the cyber people. You get to the city, we got to form the authorities, and Lumix talking to this robot. Uh, he keeps, oh, I said, why do they have two tears in their eyes? Uh, what does it say? Excellent. Uh, what does he, my dear children, uh, let's take over. Oh, he said, he voices into the computer, uh, activate everything in the village of London. Or city of London. I don't know if that meant London proper, the city of London, or London general. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, they talk. He talks. He says, "Oh, my children." Uh, Crane. He tries to catch Crane with his earpods, but Crane pulls them out. Uh, then they see people are hypnotized by their uh, cyber ears or their Bluetooths. Uh, um, here's a question I didn't find an answer to. I didn't look it up, though. Why are charging lights always blue? And, uh, like, uh, the information LEDs. I mean, I can see out-of-battery red, fully charged green. 
Uh, so everyone's always zoned out. Something about a brainstorm. Oh, you can't rip off their ear pods when they're in action because it'll cause a brainstorm. The doctor's annoyed at a humans. He says, you humans, you're always like this, uh, you know, sleep in the universe. Let's see what I, you know, they tell you there's a callback to the Vane Stratton Museum and the first cyber person we saw with Rose. And let's see. Satellites, uh, uh, Chamber of 12. Oh, then they start bringing people to a power station to process uh, them into cyber beings. Uh, I don't know. The doctor gave him a big speech. Uh, I'm not trying to find it. Uh, he says, you humans, uh, oh, for such an intelligent lot, you aren't half susceptible. Uh, give everyone a chance to control and you submit. Uh, Sometimes they think you like uh, the easy life. There's lots of ro- marching robots. They only march, though. Then they split up. They say, quick, split up uh, history. What is that? Quick, oh, we get a quick history of cyber people by Dr. Who. Then there's lots of marching. Uh, Ricky and Mickey go for a plan. Mickey kisses Rose goodbye. There's lots of running, like a few minutes of running. There's a side-by-side shot of Ricky and Mickey talking. Uh, Vitex signs the Cybermen are not cells. Oh, Vitex signs. That's what uh, uh, Rose's Pete sells. But the cyber people are not stealthy. The doctor uses a, a sonic screwdriver one time when they're cornered to distract them in another direction. Uh, jacking in trouble. What is that? Uh, Jocking in trouble. Ricky in trouble. Oh, Jackie's in trouble. She gets, she's in the, get to become a cyber person. And then Ricky and Mickey get, they're going, but, uh, Ricky decides, uh, he's climbing a fence. He says, you know what? Let, let me go to the big farm in the sky. Mickey got over the fence, uh, but uh, Ricky did not, or maybe Rip, Mickey was on the other side saying, hurry up, man. He says, come on, Twinsy Poo, I want to have a twin, finally. And then the Cybermen say, no, no, let's go to the big farm with you. So he does. Uh, uh, Cybermen stare at Mickey, which was strange because it was just a chain link fence. Uh, Mr. Crane is a rebel and a liar, WTF. What does that mean? I think, uh, oh, that's what Lumix says. Uh, I mean, Lumic is a very uh, relatable character, I'd say, to these uh, current days. Uh, but yeah, Lumic says, what do you mean, man? I thought you were 100% loyal to me. Why didn't you become a cyber person? That's your job. Because uh, cyber people say, this guy, dude's not programmed. He wasn't using his ear pods. He says, oh, they broke. Uh, and Lumic says, are you a volunteer? He goes, oh, I'm on, the, on your team, but uh, I'm on the human. I want to be on the human team. So then he messes with Lumix, uh, uh, like uh, Vader's type stuff, like his apparatus. And then he, uh, this, whatever that dude, how did I forget his name in four seconds? Uh, Crane, he goes bye bye. And then Lumix, the Cybermen say, you know what, Lumix, it's time for your upgrade, too. And he actually needs it to full Vader. They say, we're going to give you the full Vader. You're only half Vader. We're going full Vader on you. Actually, beyond Vader to uh, that other dude. Uh, Grie- he's thinking to, to a Grievous level. General, the old General Grievous. 
Let's see. Talk to boss. Uh, Lumic equipment. We covered that. They do a first uh, a fist to their cyber. Like that's their symbol. They put their fist to their cyber uh, readout. Read Hundreds of time. He says, uh, send everybody down the Thames. Uh, or no, somebody says that. Mickey, Ricky comes running. Jake, boy band Jake says, oh boy, it's my buddy. But Rose knows it's Mickey. So boy band, Jake's not happy. He says, you're nothing, man. And they say, we got to move on. We got to do it. Even Ricky, Mickey says that. Uh, and then there's music to, to underscore that. Uh, and there's this ominous, fa- ominous factory with a dirigible on the roof. Uh, Zeppelin, I put uh uh, four smokestacks. It reminded me of a scene in the first season of uh, uh, Alice Isn't on the Big Farm. They have a schematic, or they talk about schematics. Look into my finance box just to check my schematics. Uh, they, I don't think they look. Oh, they have it on the computer, though. Mrs. Moore, Miss Moore's computer. Uh, and they say, okay, let's split up. Uh, Mickey, Mickey and Jake, uh, you take out the dirigible. Uh, me and Miss uh, Miss Moore will go in through the cooling tunnels. Uh, Rose and Peter, are like we're going to try to go get Jackie. And so that's how they say. Oh, go in on three sides, above, between, below. We'll get to the control center. We'll stop it all. Actually, that was originally just Jake. And Mickey goes, what about me? Am I still the tin dog? Uh, he goes, no, I'm going with Jake. Uh, and then they say, he, Jake says, I don't need you, man. I'm a one-man boy band. And Mickey goes, do you hear yourself? There's no such thing as a one-man boy band. He goes, that's that's, that's a Bieber. You know, that's a, just a... And he goes, oh, man, maybe we do need teamwork right now. Be the tin dog. I love how he says it. Genuine Mickey. I'm a friend to help. It's a really good moment, uh, actually. Uh, Mickey heads off with Jake. He looks back. Uh, This is because he has a parting ways with Rose. uh, And uh, he looks back and he kind of sees that Rose has moved on. Her and the doctor have a big hug and smile. Mickey's a little sad. Light ladder down. A dent for every ocean. I don't know what that means. Uh, let's see if I have any notes here. Let's see. We see the cyber people processing proper torch. Uh, oh, Moore says a device for every occasion because they don't have any lights for the ladder. Uh, there's a big smile. Uh, uh, cyber people of the feet. There's a lot of resting cyber people. Uh, what else do they say? I think they had an inver- interesting conversation. Uh, Torch on a headband. Uh, doctor says, you got a hard hot dog in there? No. Uh, of all things to wish for, mechanically recovered food. And doctor says, it's a cyberman of food. And they say, okay, these ones are just resting. Let's not wake them up. Uh, you know, let's not trip, uh, trip anything. Big wonder spool. Oh, big wooden spool at some point. That's when Dad and the Rose are on the run. Don't show any emotion. Don't worry. They hold hands. Also, there was a dump truck. Uh, I think with Doctor or uh, it, uh, what's the guy's name? Pete and Rose. They they pass a dump truck and a 
big wooden spool. Uh, there's lots of talk about upgrades. Uh, boy band gets to the top of the ladder. What do we got here? This, these two are, they take the ladder up to the roof. Two guards, let's uh and Mickey says, I'll trick them. Uh, and Jake says, uh, oh, let's use uh, this uh, sleeping powder. Another one of Miss Moore's little tricks. Uh, and they say, let's go on board and see. Uh, then the doctor says, how'd you meet the preachers? And Miss Moore says, well, originally I worked for Cybus Industries 9 to 5. Uh, and then I found something on the mainframe. You know how it goes. Uh, uh, you know, didn't you see M-A-T-R-I-X or whatever? I found the preachers, they need a tech person, and uh, so I learned. Uh, the doctor says, what about Mr. Moore? And she goes, she goes, no, I took that from a book, uh, Mrs. Moore. It was Scooch's next-door neighbor, too. Safer not to use real names. Uh, but I got to keep him, Mr. Moore and the kids okay. I'm out, you know, I'm changing the world here. And she goes, what about you? You got any family? The doctor goes, no. Uh, World, whole world on my shoulders. But he says, what's your real name? She goes, Angela Price. And she says, don't tell anyone. The doctor actually says, okay, I won't. Uh, but then a cyber person goes on, motion detected. I wonder what book she took her name from. I didn't have a chance to research that. Maybe I should know. Torch versus flashlight. That's just terminology. Wake, wake up ladder. Out good team. 6,500 and rising. Rose has to wait for the Jackie bot. Uh, uh, Deep Gold 6. These are all things that got said in the dialogue or that I wrote down that I might have heard. Uh, Rose has to wait. We see the Jackie bot. Uh, okay, let's see where it was. Uh, yeah, uh, I was trying to find the stuff with the Jackie bot. Uh, um, let's see if I can find it here. Chamber 6, uh, Human Upgrades. Uh, Oh, yeah, and he sent a Jackie Pete ass, uh, and then someone says, uh, a cyber person says, are you Pete Tyler? Confirm you're Pete Tyler. And Pete, uh, Pete's pretending he's, like, uh, hypnotized, so he says, confirmed. And she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Jackie. And Rose and Pete go, what, what, what? Uh, and then uh, cyber person Jackie says, restrain, unprogrammed. Uh, and Pete goes, you can't be Jackie. And she goes, I once was, and uh, I'm cyberform. And Rose goes, no way. Uh, and they go, yeah, yes. Yeah. So she goes, way, totally. Wayne and world, Wayne's world or whatever. Uh, and Pete goes, uh, I'm here to help you. And she goes, didn't you work with Cybus Industries to help us? Uh, and they, she says, take them to cyber control. And Pete goes, maybe we could reverse this. I don't know. Uh, Rose goes, there's nothing we can do about this one. She's a bot, she's a bot now. And then they lose her in the, in the great, but you know, all the collection of the bots. Uh, which one is Jackie? Then Mickey and uh, Jake are in the um, control room of the airship. Uh, they tap on one of the cy- cyber people in there. And they say, upgrade this heart of steel. That's what, that's Pete's first hit or second hit from whatever the first hit I said is. Bardis on the TARDIS. Uh, don't come and knock. Another one Pete wrote. One of my favorite ones is, uh, don't come and knock and when this TARDIS is rocking. And there's also then another one on the B side was, uh, please come knocking. 
when the TARDIS is rocking because we're just having a party. Also, there's rooms in the TARDIS, so even if one part, if even if the TARDIS is rocking, you know, there's still privacy within the TARDIS. Um, but that song was uh, what was it called? Uh, oh, upgrade the TARDIS steel. Oh, that was a classic. I love that song so much. So much so that I've never upgraded my heart of stone, but uh, custodial inhibitor or something. What is it? emotional inhibitor? Yeah, I said, I've heard of that. You kidding me? They say, we'll say, what are your hobbies and pastimes? I say, well, emotional inhibitor. That's the key. Uh, someone says, uh, I think either, you know, this is when uh, Jake and Mickey are working. Uh, then, uh, Tough call, she's out. Oh, uh, the doctor and Miss Moore get surrounded. Uh, and Miss Moore goes to the big farm in the sky, but she first gives him a, a like a EMT, a EM electromagnetic thing. Maybe that's maybe the doctor's the one that introduces the thing, uh, about the heart of uh, whatever. What is all this? Uh, uh they talk about oh, they talk to the cyber person who says, I'm cold. Uh, and because uh, they broke the emotional inhibitor, that's why stops him from feeling anything. And working out a solution, Mickey hacks the Zeppelin. Why weds Led Zeppelin? I put a uh, doctor has time. Rose and Pete, uh, the doctor asks about Lumic, aka Cyber Controller, who says this is the age of steel. Let's see. Let me just run through this. Uh, so cold. They say, you're okay now, Sally. Go to sleep. Uh, that was Sally Phelan, one of the cyber people we met. Uh, maybe we could cancel the, do a cancellation code. And that would send all the cyber people to the big farm. Oh, so they figure it out. Uh, and that must be the binary vascular system. Oh, that's the doctor. Two hearts. Uh, Oh, then uh, they say, okay, uh, I think I've lost my, my notes were really not good this week. Uh, or maybe I just, uh, uh this is, uh, maybe my cyber thing is going, uh, but yeah, they go to cyber control. This is cyber, uh, thing, boy band, uh, compliments Mickey on hacking the computer. Then the cyber person comes to life and Mickey who tricks the cyber person, uh, who shuts down the transmitter. Then everybody's on the run. A tick, tick, happy sound. What does that mean? Mickey sees the doctor and Rose on a cool circuit camera. Uh, the doctor says, okay, I have a capture, but Rose and Peter are still out there. Oh, yeah, there's a good speech in here. Let's let's, let's run through here. Uh, okay, they get in. They get into the thing. I'm good with computers. We covered that. Uh, uh, where's the famous Mr. Lumic? Don't we get a chance to meet our uh, Lord and Master? The doctor says cyber people see uh, Lumic is a cyber controller. And then he comes out, uh, welcome to the Age of Steel. I'm the creator. Uh, then Mickey shuts things down and the people wake up that are not converted yet. Uh, and uh, the doctor says, good work, boys. Vote for free will. And Lumic goes, I got this going on every continent, just not not just London. Uh, Mickey logs into cyber control. That's when they see Doctor and Rose. Uh, and 
Umix says, I'm going to bring peace to the world and uniformity. Doctor goes, what about imagination? You don't have imagination and uh, no, pure logic. And Louis goes, what's your name? He goes, I'm the doctor. He goes, we don't need doctors anymore. Our cyber people don't get uh, colds. And doctor goes, that's it. Uh, that's the point. Uh, you might be a genius, uh, but I'm in the room, and everything you've invented is uh, not, you know, so you don't get a cold. But he goes, uh, that's so human the one, that you wanted to get rid of colds uh, is what you strive for. And he goes, it's about striving and not stagnation. If you don't get a cold, you don't know how to get a, you know, make, you don't you get the benefits of bone broth. Uh, he goes, that's what keeps this planet alive, or is, is you know, striving for stuff like bone broth. Uh, and Lumix says, you're pretty proud of emotions. The doctor says, you better believe it. The whole spectrum and rainbow, buddy. He goes, don't you want to be free from PA to the double I to the A to the N and spell, you know, spelling issues? And doctor goes, nope. Uh, and the doctor goes, you don't control me, buddy. I get a bi, you know, bi, bi Ferkel or whatever. And uh, so they go back and forth. Meanwhile, uh, the doctor's really just buying time, I think. Because uh, then he says, all this would take is some ordinary person. Uh, to find the right codes, uh, say the code behind the emotional inhibitor right in front of them. Uh, whoever might know how to use a computer and firewalls, uh, just like Pete said, uh, binary nine. Anybody could find that cancellation code and they'd type it in, eh, Mickey, to save his friends. Uh, and uh, Lumix says, talk is cheap or something. Uh, and doctor goes, yeah, I talk too much. Rose knows that too. And somehow they like uh, get the password to Mickey, and they text it to him. Uh, and uh, then Mickey, uh, they say, okay, uh, they're getting ready to upgrade everybody to delete them. And they text it to the doctor, and he plugs his phone into a docking station. Uh, you have no means of stopping me, most ordinary person, binary nine. Keep typing. Words are relevant. Uh, yeah, it's six eight seven nine seven six zero. Minds are blown. Uh, Mickey and Jake cheer. Uh, Cyberman gets a cyber headache. Yeah, it looks. People start looking in the mirror, then their minds are really blown, and some of them head to the big farm. Uh, then we see an exit sign, boy band, uh, tra track to run, Mickey steers in back. Oh, so they're flying the airship. Uh, boy band wants to run, but Mickey's like, we got to steer the airship uh, and pick everybody up. He calls Rose. Uh, there's some hero music, then there's some action music, then there's a Lumic not being happy. Butt up out of the morning or something. Hold on, I'm coming. And they drop a ladder. Let me see what else I'm missing here. Spinning the Zeppelin wheel, Jake is. Uh, yeah, head for the roof. Uh, they head up. Uh, uh, they say, where'd you learn to fly that thing? Mickey says, Come, you know, with games, man. Uh, then they throw the ladder out. Uh, uh, Rose goes up. Then Pete and the doctor... Uh, Mickey spinning the wheel around, pushing levers, uh, like he's on a TARDIS a little bit. 
Lumaker has LED eyes on the ladder. Doctor gives uh, Pete a sonic screwdriver because, you know, he's following Pete up the ladder. Uh, Jackie Tyler, this is for her, he says. And then there's a slow-mo Lumic fail all the way down. They fly off a quiet, dark TARDIS. Uh, The doctor says, one little spark, uh, we're back online. Uh, Then Pete and Rose, they have a quiet moment together. uh, Because, you know, about the two different worlds. Pete goes, I got to get after those Lumic. I got to shut down Lumic worldwide. Tell the authorities. Uh, Doctor goes, Rose, we got a roll. And he goes, she goes, thanks, thanks. Uh, and she goes, by the way, you're my dad. And he goes, oh, don't tell me that. I got to go. Uh, Mickey has uh, the doctor's suits. Uh, it's a tough goodbye. Uh, doctor touches the back of his head. Oh, that was Pete's head, I think. Uh, doctor tells Rose to find, uh, oh, uh, Miss Moore's husband. But he doesn't tell Rose that. What does he say? My suit, oh, Angela Price. Uh, he tells Jake to do that boy band. Find her family. Tell her she's a, tell him that she's a hero. And the doctor goes, off we go then. And Pete says, or Mickey says, the thing is, I'm staying. Uh, and his voice cracks. He goes, he balances out. He goes, I'll be Ricky here. He goes, there's work to do with these cyber people. Rose goes, you can't stay. Mickey goes, yeah, my gran is here. So, and Rose goes, well, what about me? What if I need you? Mickey finally says, you know, Rose, you got the doctor. Isn't that, uh, you and him. He goes, we used to have something, but not anymore. And she goes, we'll be back. We're right, right. And the doctor's actually, we can't come back here. This is it, Mickey. And Mickey goes, yeah. Then they even have, it's over music, uh, can't ever return. A doctor, Mickey, uh, shakes his hand. Uh, half step over those frictures. Good luck, Mickey. He said, he gives Mickey's old name, you know. Uh, says, oh, take Rose's phone. That's got all the secret codes in it. Uh, uh, half strip those uh, fake. Uh, oh, he, he just pats his cheek. And uh, Mickey says, watch it. Uh, Mickey says, we had a good time, Rose. Uh, who would have thought you and me, and not even back in, you know, in the old estate, flying through the stars? Because uh, we used to imagine stuff like this. Uh, never saw this one coming. Mickey goes, don't miss your flight. Uh, uh, Mickey faces Rose, who's a bit stunned, hug tears, music. Uh, he said, then Rose gets on, and Jay, Mickey says, Jake, you got to watch this. Uh, and Jake goes, what? Uh, and he goes, that's the doctor in the TARDIS with Rose Tyler. He's really very proud. Then Jackie, then we see our world Jackie filling her bread. Uh, she hears the TARDIS, which appears in her living room. And they say, Mom, so good to see you. Uh, she goes, what's wrong? Where were you? Uh, they go, far away. She goes, uh. Where's Mickey? The doctor says, he's home. And then uh, Britta, big sad hug. Doctor's arms are crossed. Uh, and then we have Mickey and boy band, Jake in a van. And he's, Mickey says, look, at, even though I'm like Ricky, I'm different. Uh, I'm not replacing him. But he goes, I'm here for his mission. Stop in the cyber factories. 
goes, what do you think about Paris, Jake? And Jake says, uh, you know, he sings the song, yeah, let's liberate Paris. Uh, and he goes, what, you and me in a van? Uh, that's what Jake says. Uh, Mickey goes, I saved the universe with a big yellow truck once upon a time. And with that, the episode comes to a close. Now, let's run through a couple of things that came up. Night vision was one thing, uh, which was like, uh, it was thinking about red light and night vision. Uh, using red light for night vision is less effective for people with red color. Well, let's see, here it is. Uh, blue, green, biological night vision. You know, there's different ways of illuminating night vision. Where's the thing I saw? I could have sworn there was something about why you use red light. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, photoreceptors, biological night vision. Photoreceptors in the cells and uh, vertebrate eye have a photoreceptor protein, which is a combination of protein. This is from Wikipedia. Photospin and color vision spells and rotospin or rotopsin. Uh, a bunch of different molecules. Uh, Retinol must diffuse with the vision cell out of the eye, circulate it to the blood, to the liver, where it's regenerated. In bright light conditions, most of the retinol is not in the retinol is not in the photoreceptors, but outside the eye. It takes about forty-five minutes of dark for all of the photoreceptor proteins to be recharged uh, with active retinol. But most of night vision adaptation occurs within the first five minutes. Uh, Adaptation results in maximum sensitivity of light. Uh, in dark conditions, only the rod cells have enough sensitivity sensitivity to respond and trigger vision. Rhodopsin, rhodopsin, why is that so hard? Uh, in the human rods, is insensitive to longer red wavelengths. Uh, so traditionally, many people use red light to help preserve night vision. Red light only slowly depletes the rhodopsin uh, stores in the rods and instead is viewed by the red-sensitive cone cells. So that's a little bit. What about a Project Gemini? There's a lot of Gemini, so I looked up a few things about Gemini in here. One is Project Gemini, and this is all. That was NASA's second spaceflight program. Yeah, between Mercury and Apollo, it started in 61, ended in 66. Uh, Gemini spacecraft carried a two-astronaut crew. Ten Gemini crews flew low-Earth orbit missions. And the objective was the development of space travel techniques to support the Apollo mission to land astronauts on the moon. It performed missions long enough for a trip to the moon and back. Uh, and perfected out, working outside the uh, spacecraft with uh, EVA, extravehicular activity, uh, pioneering orbital maneuvers, uh, space rendezvous, and docking. Uh, they were all uh, based on uh, Cape Kennedy Air Force Station in Florida, and they were launched from uh, uh, Gemini Titan II. And uh, they were the first program to use the Mission Control Center in Houston. So that's a little bit about Gemini. What about an astrology Gemini, a.k.a. the twins? Uh, looks like it pressed the wrong button. Uh, it's the third astrological sign in the Zodiac uh, originating. So the Zodiac is from the constellation. 
The sun, the sun transits the sky, the sign between May 21st and June 21st. And it's represented by uh, the twins, Castor and Pollux, uh, who, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, big farm related stuff. so that's the Gemini of astrology. What about, oh, the constellation? I, I guess I meant to look up the zodiac. This is about the constellation. Yeah, it's one of the constellations of the zodiac. One of 48 constellations described by Ptolemy and one of 88 modern constellations today. It's Latin for twins. Uh, and its symbol is almost like uh, the Roman numeral two, a little bit different. It lies between Taurus to the west and Cancer to the east, uh, with Origa and Lynx to the north and Monoceros and Canis Minor to the south. Uh, and as we said, the sun is from June 20th to July 20th of the year, even though the zodiac dates are May to June. Uh, by mid-August, Gen- Gen- Gemini will appear along the eastern horizon in the morning sky prior to sunrise. Uh, they don't say where on earth. Uh, assume, I guess uh, the best time to observe Gemini is at night and it is overhead during the months of January and February. So get on your Gemini looking. Uh, uh, by April and May, it will be visible soon after sunset in the west. The uh, easiest way to locate it is to find uh, Castor and Pollux eastward from the familiar V-shaped uh, Asterium of Taurus uh, in the three stars under Orion's belt. Uh, okay, so this is a little bit about it. Pretty cool. Uh, what about the song Side by Side? That came up, I think, just because I saw Mickey and Ricky side by side. And the song is 19, best known in a 1953 recording by K-Star. Uh, but it's a popular song by Harry M. Woods, written in 1927, considered a standard. Uh, there's a bunch of different recorded versions. Uh, it was uh, used in uh, TV shows. Uh, it was uh, used in a Judy Bloom novel, Rich Rich movie, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Kit Kitridge, American Girl. Uh, Florence and Harry sang it in uh, Jefferson's episode. Lauren Ambrose uh, sang it in Burbiggs's. Also, if you're in New York, go see Burbiggs's, Mike Burbiggly's uh, uh, Broadway show. But it was in Sleepwalk with me. So maybe that's why. But, but uh, let's see, lyrics of this song. Let's check the lyrics. Uh, uh, oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe we're ragging and funny, but if you travel along singing a song side by side, oh, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. Maybe it's trouble and sorrow, but we'll travel the road sharing our load side by side through all kinds of weather. What if the sky should fall? Just as long as we're together, it doesn't matter at all. Well, and when they've had their quarrels imparted, we'll be just something started. Uh, uh, just travel along singing our songs side by side. My, I would have liked Mickey and Ricky to sing this to each other. My sentiment is exactly, uh, I know what you're saying, something exactly side by side. Uh, side by side, here's one that uh, chimneys came up, uh, and I said, well, how tall are chimneys? Like, what are the tallest chimneys in the world? And then I said, chim chimney tree. 
And really, here's the timeline of the world's tallest chimneys. Uh, the chimney of Nort Lot's glass bottle company in Dublin, Ireland, was the tallest in 1820 to 1835. It was 30 feet, uh, 30 meters, 95 feet. Uh, then in four, from uh, 18, in the 1836, it was a Sober, Adams Soberworks chimney in Birmingham, England, 97 meters. Uh, then tenants uh, stock in Glasgow, 132 meters. Uh, Port, Port Dundas, uh, Townsend chimney in Glasgow, uh, 132. Oh, that one, tenant stock went bye-bye, that's why. Um, because that one's like a point, point 0.2 meters smaller. Let's see, then a couple in Germany, 134, 140. Then Gray Falls, Montana's big stack, 154. Then the Hitachi smelter and refinery, 155. These are meters, by the way. Uh, then an, an, that was in Japan. Then another uh, uh, smelter in Japan, 164, 167. Then a smelter in Ruston, Washington, 174. Most of these are gone, which is, you know, a great. Uh, I, I mean, I am a chimney fan. I, I prefer retired chimney. You say retire the chimney, but keep it up there. Uh, then a smelter in Montana, which was the tallest chimney built of bricks, 178 meters of bricks. Holy mackerel. Uh, Selby, California, uh, 184. It keeps going. Well, let's look at the current ones. Uh, at the top one, get ready, buckle your seatbelt. The tallest chimney in the world is in Kazakhstan, 419 meters. Uh, uh, then Sudbury, Ontario, uh, 380 meters. That's the tallest chimney in the Western Hemisphere. Then Homer City, Pennsylvania, 371 meters. That's the tallest chimney in the U.S. Uh, Kennecott Smokestack is 370 meters. That's the tallest chimney west of the Mississippi. Uh, there's a, a, a tallest chimney in Russia, 370 meters. Uh, tallest chimney... Uh, before the, um, I don't know, there's other ones, uh, just, just to like give you, so the tallest chimney is 419 meters. And then there's a lot of chimneys that's in the 300 meter range. So the tallest structures just to give you a thing. So what did I say? 400 meters, the tallest structures in the world. Uh, you've got the tallest building in the world is 829 meters, but then, uh, after that, uh, is a, a, t- a self-supporting tower in Tokyo that's 634. Then a TV mast uh, in uh, North Dakota, 328. Uh, then a tra- transmitter in uh, Hawaii, 458. Uh, uh, the Tronus Towers in uh, uh, 452. And then we have our chimney at 419. So chimney's in the top 10. And I think there's like, uh, yeah, then a lot of chimneys because most, uh, hold on a second. Uh, this thing drops down pretty fast to 200. There's, uh, yeah, so it like, uh, I don't know. We, we, only Sleep With Me podcast would have an international chimney tour. So there's a lot of other stuff I'll link to. But this last thing, I think this is a really good article on the, in the Atlantic. Uh, the, 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 the Big Farm Dream of the Dirigible. And it's from 2012. It's written by Megan Garber. Uh, 
And it's easy to forget now, but the airship was once the flying machine of the future. And, you know, we've seen a lot of steampunk and stuff. Uh, and maybe I've linked to this article before. It shows the, the USS Los Angeles moored to the Empire State Building. And, uh, you know, they're talking about the increase in height of the planned edifice uh, from 1,000 feet to 1,250. So there could be a mast for dirigibles which would fly uh, passengers directly to midtown Manhattan. Uh, well, people, you know, got off uh, airships, you know, how they were lighter than air. And the first vehicles to enable controlled and human and powered human flight, uh, people thought they were the way of the future. Um, let's see. But not long after nine, 1929, dirigibles and their fellow aerostats would fall out of favor it's a preferred technology for passenger flight, uh, relegated to sports advertising and ad- sports and advertising uh, and filming, uh, as we know, blimps today. Their decline was, you know, because of some things that happened. Uh, uh, but the nicheification of the airship was mostly due to the fact that uh, gaseous materials that allowed dirigibles or effortlessness of flight uh, were less effective than. Uh, in less uh, than good old fossil fuels. Uh, and that's why flight kind of won out. So there's a nice long form article about that with some great pictures and posters and things. I'm also going to link to an article about uh, from Cinefex.com in the show notes uh, about uh, using two actors in the sh- one actor playing twins in the same shots in a run through that from history. I thought that was really interesting. A How Stuff Works article about, um, about, uh, you like, uh, motion detection, uh, and then the 10 wildest, uh, like fact checking wild Led Zeppelin facts. And then I'll close out with the lyrics to One Little Spark, uh, which is this, uh, I'm reading this from, uh, the Disney Wiki. It's a theme song to Journey into the Imagination at Epcot. Uh, it was written by the Sherman Brothers and is still used. Uh, it used to be sung by the Dreamfinder and Figment. Uh, now I think just Figment sings it or maybe uh, Eric Idle too. But it goes, one little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new, one little spark lights up for you. Uh, two tiny wings, eyes big and yellow, horn of a steer, but a lovable fellow. From head to tail, he's a royal purple pigment, and there, voila, you've got a figment. We have sparks, imaginations. That's how our minds create creations. From there, they make our wildest dreams come true. Those magic sparks in me and you. Imagination imagination a dream can be a dream come true with just that spark in me and you Uh, good night everybody